world. It's your past first point guard and Blazer beat writer Mike Richmond. You're listening to another episode of Locked on Blazers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts. And today's episode is a very special one. We are joined by a writer for basketballnews.com and the host of the wonderful podcast, The Dunker Spot, and the future head coach of the Boston Celtics, none other than Nikias Duncan himself. Nikias, thanks for joining us. How you doing? Hello, hello. I am doing pretty well. How are you? I'm doing all right. Uh, what are your plans for when they give you the reins to the Celtics? Like, how, how do you see that working out for you? Ah, uh, man, we are revamping the playbook. We are running nothing but Spain. We are going to we're going to improve the rim frequency that's been plaguing the Brad Stevens era Celtics. So uh, I feel like that's the easy change there. We have plenty of star talent. I think we'll be able to make some moves from there. There you go. The Celtics are going to get downhill a little bit more. So uh, there's I mean that if that's not a good enough pitch for Brad Stevens to hire you, I don't know what is. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, let's we we're here to talk about an, just an incredible basketball game last night. I want to talk about just a wonderful performance from a point guard in this game. That's right. Monte Morris had 28 points in 41 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> no, uh, Damian Lord had an all-time great game, like one of the truly all-time great games last night. Uh, it, came, it came in a loss, uh, pretty deflating for the Trailblazers fan base. But um, before we sort of dig into what maybe didn't go right for Portland, let's. what were your thoughts on just watching Dame have one of those nights? Uh, holy crap! That was yeah. kind of <laughs> kind of where I was. Like, I was like the first half was such a roller coaster. Like mm-hmm. Denver just pops out, just punches Portland in the mouth. And in the second quarter, Portland punches back. And like in the middle of that first half, I end up tweeting after. I think it was I want to say like early second quarter. Like Dame just gets blown by by Faku Composo. Yeah, and I tweet out like we have to have a conversation about Dame's defense this season at some point. And so for that to kind of be an inflection point and for the rest of the game, Dame just, it just felt like he didn't miss the degree of difficulty on the shots were incredible. It's like, well, who cares about that at this point? Like this is, (laughs) this is high, this is high theater right here. Just an incredible, one of the best performances I've ever seen. Yeah, that's funny because I was like, I was ready, you know, I'm getting my notebook ready for this for this podcast and just to talk about the game on the podcast I recorded yesterday evening. And it's like, it's like, man, the defense has been bad. The first 20 minutes, they were horrific on defense. And Dame was the, you know, was maybe the big biggest reason why he just couldn't keep anyone in front of him or maybe wasn't interested in keeping people in front of him. Just um, he was just really, really bad. And you're like, and, and I'm like gearing up to just just pound the Blazers on defense like listen they've been awful here's why if the star doesn't do it and then the f- <laughs> and the rest of the game happened it's like okay we're gonna have to we'll we'll talk about that another day we'll get to that <laughs> another day yeah you drop 55 on 24 shots like uh yeah yeah there's you just so- I mean, but this is kind of what, you know, um, all year by some of the advanced metrics, like the Raptor ratings, like Dame has been one of the five worst defenders in the NBA and one of the five best offensive players. And he kind of averages out to like one of the 10 best players in the league because he is um, not he's an offense only guy, but his offense only has been among the best in the NBA. So I think like in a lot of ways, this this is who he is, uh, is what we saw on, on Tuesday evening. Right. And to give him credit, like the defensive effort from him picked up in the second half, which makes yeah. the scoring binge even more impressive. Like yeah. definitely saw more effort on that time, had some hustle plays, had some strips, had some deflections. Like you could tell once money, t- <laughs> once money time or dame time hit, like he was locked in on both ends. And that's just kind of what you want to see from your star. I mean, it's probably unrealistic to expect that for 40 minutes or I guess in this case, 51 minutes. Yeah, but I mean, if you can get that for twenty five or thirty, 
as opposed to like 10 or 15, like that, that raises the collective level of the squad, I feel like. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I think the ask isn't like, Hey, we need you to be an all world defender. It's like, Hey, we need you to be a really competitive defender for a, for a good chunk of this game. Um, and I, I think he was, it was a really bad start, but I think he got there. Um, it's also just like who he's going against. Like if Composo is blowing past you, like we got, we got to talk, we got <laughs> to right, talk right, about right. it. Um, what do you make? I want to talk about the way the Nuggets defended him. Uh, my my first thought is, yo, what the heck? <laughs> like, uh, they don't foul. They don't send a second guy. They didn't say, hey, we'll just let Robert Covington shoot a wide open three. Um, what do you make of the way he was defended down the stretch of regulation and down the stretch of the first overtime? Um, it felt very prideful to me. Yeah. Which I understand, like, especially if you're in a situation where you're up three points in particular, it's just like, hey, if we can't get a stop here, then when can we get stops? So I understand, like, the mental slash competitive aspect of it, but also, but also, but also, (laughs) (laughs) like, at a certain point, you just have to foul. You have to foul or send to. And it's not like that would have been completely out of the realm of what they already do. Like when they defend Dame and pick and roll, they're already sending two to the ball or they're having to center at the level of the screen anyway. So like once you get into those spots where it's like eight seconds left or whatever, and Dame just trots up the court, like get the ball out of his hands. Yeah. I mean, the the last one at the end of regulation, when they put in Shaq Harrison for, for defensive purposes and like, I kind of get that you don't foul there because it's hard to do in the run of play. You know, like you're expecting Monte to hit the free throw and whatever, whatever. But like every other one, come on. The dude had 12 points in the final three minutes. Like you got to, at some point it has to be, it has to be literally anyone else. Um, But you know, it wasn't. Um, And I, uh, uh, Michael Malone explained it in his post game that he basically said he didn't want to foul Dame because Dame's like CP3 and that he will like hunt those fouls and get a four point play. And I, I kind of get that. Um, I kind of get it. But like math has to win at some point. <laughs> like, brother, like I'm, I'm thinking back to the end of the first overtime, I want to say, where Dame mm-hmm. kind of walks it up. He gets the switch with Michael Porter Jr. Yeah. He like drives inside the arc a little bit, turns his back, and then flows into a step. I'm just like, at at what point do you foul him or send a second guy in the middle of all of that? <laughs> While he's spinning fully back to his basket into a step back, like Penny freaking hard. He's doing the like <laughs> the mini Penny Hardaway. And Michael like, Porter Jr. is like, I'll just contest this. Got to get a good contest. He's only he's only made 10, 10 of uh, 13 threes at this point. How hot could he be? Like. Man, if Dane beats you on that shot, if he has to like throw it over his head or something, <laughs> like he's like he's Wizard Kelly. Like at that point, just tip your cap. Like you deserve to lose if that's how you lose. Right. I'm not about to give him a one on one versus Michael Porter Jr. Like you know what was going. They hunted Michael Porter Jr. out in pick and roll in the second half. Like yep, you knew what that matchup was going to be. It was very odd to me. Yeah, it's especially cuz as your point they have they send two to the ball so it's not like they have to go outside of their of their comfort zone or even outside of their scheme like they're used to loading up on rotations and double teaming so to just do it right away doesn't really take them out of what they want to do i i thought it was really curious i i i, I think michael Malone is a really good coach but i found that i found that to be really curious yeah I, yeah i don't want to poo poo on michael malone too much cuz he is a very good coach and like what he's done with this denver squad despite missing their starting backcourt is incredible yep but also <laughs> like this just, 
this felt like very low hanging fruit. Like True. I hate to be like armchair coach or whatever, but yeah. And I also think like if if it goes slightly differently, you know, if, if Robert Covington makes a dunk and CJ doesn't step out of bounds, then it's like, okay, Michael, uh, what's up? <laughs> like, yeah, um, it's a result, you know, and now it's like the results went the other way. So it's like, oh, okay, I think we're, you know what, we're all right. I think um, he even made the point like in this, uh, the post game presser, like the only thing that matters is that we got to win. It's like, yeah, but I mean, the process has to matter a little bit. <laughs> Yeah. Right now, like, you know, an hour after the game, that is certainly all that matters, right? Like when he's doing the press conference, you know, 10 minutes after, I believe that's when coaches have to talk. It's within like something like 15 minutes of the buzzer. Uh, You know, yes, yes. 15 minutes after the buzzer, all that matters is the win. Today, when you're looking back at the film, it's like, ooh. Yeah. (laughs) So it's, uh, you know, it's he'll I'm here's the thing. Dame isn't going to go 12 of 17 from three. He's not going to have 55 and 10, um, have 10 assists and one turnover in 52 minutes. Like he's, he's just not going to have this game again. So Jesus. it probably won't come up for, um, uh, for Malone. Like Damian Lillard just put together maybe the most efficient, uh, 50 point game in the history of the league. I think he had a true shooting percentage pushing 97%. Um, <laughs> I saw on shot quality, the, uh, the, uh, Twitter account that he's, that he actually, um, he had incredible shot quality and he still outpaced it by about 25%. Uh, he had 15 potential assists in this game. Like the dude threw a perfect game, dude threw a perfect game you just, um, you know, he, he basically threw a perfect game with 26 strikeouts. So, uh, like you said, you got it at some point, you got to tip your cap, but also, uh, you would want to make it, you know, 10% harder if, um, if I'm on the other side. Yeah, like just don't let them. Like you can't make a shot if you don't have the ball in your hands to take it. It's kind of where, where I live. <laughs> that, that that is undeniable. Dame will make zero shots when CJ McCollum has the ball. There you go. Uh, let's talk about let's let's talk about the other side. The Blazers appear to have a pretty serious Nikola Jokic problem, and so I, what I want to ask you about in the second segment is how what do you make of the way they've attempted to guard him and is there another approach they can take because he's have he's having a really nice series uh he's the mvp for a reason but let's let's talk about the way the blazers have approached uh that problem on their end in the second segment but first let's talk about rockauto.com it's the family business that's been serving auto part customers online for over 20 years and they make it easy for you to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers for hundreds of makes and models. Whatever your car is, you're going to find the parts you need at the prices you want at rockauto.com. The difference is that in a brick and mortar store, there's just obvious logistical ta- challenges. They only have so much space. So if you are looking for a really specific part, the chances are they might not have it. And if they do have it, the chances are that there might be a special section that's for mechanics and auto professionals and then a spot for you. Well, rockauto.com doesn't have that. One, they got everything you need in a few easy clicks on their remarkably easy-to-use website. You can choose the brands, the specifications, and the prices that you prefer. And those prices are going to be the same for you, a do-it-yourselfer, as they are going to be for a auto professional. So... Don't waste your time somewhere else where you might have to spend twice as much for the same parts or you might have to go search in multiple stores for the same parts. Don't do that. Instead, go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck. And while you're there, write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com All right. We're still chatting here with Nikias Duncan, a writer for Basketball News and the host of the Dunker Spot podcast. 
We talked about Damian Lord's excellence in, in game five, but I want to ask about the other side of the ball. How do you think, how, what do you make of the way the Blazers have defended Nikola Jokic in this series? Um, he obviously is a pretty good basketball player. Um, mm-hmm. Hard to defend in his own right. He finished with 38, 11, nine dimes and four blocks in 46 minutes. Um, probably the probably the quietest 38, 11, nine and four game you could possibly put together in a game five that you won. But um, <laughs> he, he did it. Uh, what do you make of the way they've defended him in this series and sort of their options defending him in this series as well? Well, there just aren't many. There are no good options against right. Nikola Jokic. Like the way that he passes, the way that he scores on the block, the way that he can shoot, like a very high frequency three point game for him, oddly yep. enough, nine threes for him. But <clears throat> there, there isn't a good answer. So you have to pick your poison at a certain point. And this is why the game one surprised me because Portland went into it like, all right, we're going to let you score. We're not, we're just going to make sure nobody else beats us. You're going to cook Nurkic or Enos Cantor or whoever's at the five. That's fine. We'll live with it. We just can't let you get the others involved. He had like, a very efficient scoring game and had one assist, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And it was surprising because I was like, ah, okay, so it's easy to say we're going to let him score. But after you get off to, I think he had 13 points and five boards in the first quarter. Yeah. Like once you get off to that kind of start, I'm just like, okay, I'm surely they're going to start sending some help or something. But they stuck to it. And I was impressed by that. Portland's up getting game one, whatever, whatever. And as the series gone on, like it seems like they've progressively sent a little bit more help as the right. series has gone on. Which, again, it's a natural instinct. Like, this dude is killing you and he's the MVP of the league. Like, obviously, you don't want to give him a bunch of one-on-one coverage. Like, your instinct is to say, hey, let's help our teammate and rotate behind it. Yeah, and your when- best your best defensive player is like a natural help defender. Like, Rocco is going to want to help. He's going to want to do those things. Like, you're you're taking him out of what he does if you don't, um, in, some, in some ways, let him freelance a little bit. Right, right, right. So, I get the natural inclination there, but that also just unlocks everything else sure. for Denver. Because... At the end of the day, Jokic is going to get his as a score. Period. Yep. Yep. It doesn't matter if you send single or double coverage. Like he will just do that, get to the line, or he just shoot over you because of the high release point or whatever. If you allow him to get the ball pinging around, the other guys start gaining a rhythm. Like we had an Austin Rivers game in the series, which is we had an Austin Rivers game in the series. <laughs> but <laughs> and I, I'm a fan of Austin Rivers, but I mean that's you know that I'm a Tar Heel, so I'm a little mixed on it. But he's uh, he's he's been a he's a He's been a thorn. He's he's been good. He's been really good. Uh, he did author my maybe least favorite college basketball moment of all time, but we'll, that's for another podcast. <laughs> Listen to Candace Cooper on Locked On Heels. Uh, she'll tell you about it, and it's a bummer. <laughs> there we go. But yeah, like as they started progressively sending more help, the offense opened up for Denver, and that's just kind of the issue you find yourself into trying to defend this Nugget squad, even without Jamal Murray, even without Will Barton. Like, if you give a bunch of NBA players open looks because you're rotating all over the place, they're going to establish a rhythm. Right. So that I don't know what Portland can do from the scheme side. Like, I think they have to commit one way or the other. It's either, hey, make the others beat you, or, hey, Jokic, you have one-on-one, period. Like, I think they have to stick to a plan because once they get mixed in between two, then that's where some of those miscues come, uh, come in. And if you have those miscues in while the others are gaining momentum and Jokic is just being Jokic, then you that's a lot of holes to plug. And the defensive personnel for Portland already isn't great. So that just gets a little tight, in my opinion. Yeah, they're not. A, I mean, they, they're really bad in rotations. So it's like if you commit to putting them in, if you if they commit to putting themselves in rotations by way of their their scheme against Jokic, it seems like a seems like a bad choice. But again, like. 
when it's when it hasn't been Nurk, and I don't even think Nurk, Nurk's been super good. He's just the best of of, of some poor options. Uh, mm-hmm. I I thought Jokic made Enes Kanter look small in Game Five. Like he made him look little. He just shot over the top of him. He spotted up. He just he just. I mean, everybody makes Cantor look slow, so that's like not noteworthy. But like he made, he made it was like, oh yeah, Ennis Cantor's just like not big enough. Um, they had a jump ball in the second OT, and they, and they put Mello in there, not Cantor. Um, it gives you a sense of sort of the length problem there. Um, and then I thought the play of the game tied at one forty, Cantor on the ball and on the left post, like mid post. Uh, they bring Norm over to uh, to double team, and and Nikola Jokic looks over the top, doesn't panic signals for Aaron Gordon to cut through, not because mm-hmm. he knew Aaron Gordon was going to get a layup, but because he knew that Robert Covington would pinch in. And then Jokic floats a just beauty over the top to the corner for Michael Porter Jr. Three. I mean, that's why you don't double because the, yep. the dude is a savant and maybe you don't have the personnel with when it's Norman Ennis to like it be a problem enough to take him off his spot. Yeah, like there's just genuinely one of the best passes I've ever seen. Like, I, I still don't know how he got that basically right over the fingertip of Robert Covington, who played it well for the most part. Yep. As tough of, of a, a position as that is to kind of split two there. Like, he played it as well as he physically could have, and the ball just goes over his middle finger <laughs> right into the shooting pocket. The shooting pocket. It just, oh, man. Whew. Like, that is that is precision passing to a, to a tee. Like, I'm trying to find the, uh, the Matt Moore slash HP basketball tweet, but I think – if I remember correctly, the Nuggets had a 161 offensive rating in the minutes that Enos Cantor played, which, yeah, yeah, there's only <laughs> there's yeah. only so much you can do with that. Yeah, I honestly, I think this is like the value of low expectations or something. I was like, I was like, man, Ennis wasn't even that bad. <laughs> I'm like, I'm watching the game live and I'm like, you know what? They, Ennis wasn't even that bad in his minutes. You know, it's not that bad. And then the numbers, when the numbers start rolling in and I'm, you can like look closer, um, we're recording this early on a Wednesday and my time. Uh, so I haven't had a chance to rewatch this one, but, uh, when I saw that, I saw a couple stats to that effect and I was like, Oh, maybe he was really bad. <laughs> like he was in the picture at least, but there's just only so much he can physically do as well. So it's, yeah. Portland center rotation is just a problem. Cause like Nurk, as you mentioned, like Nurk is the best option that they have and he isn't great against Jokic. And then yeah. behind him is just a dumpster fire of options. Like, yeah, and, and it just, it has to be Nurk. He's fouled out of the three games they've lost. He's finished the two games that they won. Like, it it mm-hmm. it has to be him. Um, and he might still get cooked, but, like, if it's not him, it's an L. Like, it seems pretty clear. He has to play. You know, he played, he fouled out in 24 minutes. Um, the, his fourth foul was a charge. His sixth foul was a contest at the rim, which he had, he just needs to let go. You got to give up a dunk there. Um, mm-hmm. It's a bummer. Not Maybe not your instincts as a big man, but you got to give up a dunk there. Uh, he, you know, Jokic played 46 or whatever, but say in like the run of play, he was going to play 37 minutes. Nurk's got to be on the court for all 37 of those minutes for the Blazers to have a chance. Like I, I don't, um, even with, you know, bad options, whatever, whatever, uh, he, if he doesn't match Jokic's minutes, the Blazers aren't going to win. Yeah. He's the only, he's the only guy that has a shot. Honestly, he's the only one that can make it tough for Jokic. Right. I would say like Jokic is still going to win. He's just flat out better. The touch is too good. And if you send help, he's killing you with passes. So it just kind of is what it is. But like Nurk is seven foot and strong. 
Yeah. And he can stay, you know, even if he's going to get roasted a little bit, like he can, he can allow everyone else to stay home and that at least keeps them in scheme. And, Mm -hmm. um, some of their problems is that when, like you said, when they get out of scheme or try to, or break it down halfway through, they've had trouble. Like on the second unit, they're going all switching. Uh, they're playing small with Ronnie Hollis Jefferson, all switching and they're a mess. Like they're just a mess with that group. Denver's uh, second unit has roasted them. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I, we have to talk a little bit about CJ McCollum. He's obviously so key to what the Blazers want to do, and he just he just hasn't been that good in this series. hasn't has has hasn't been the star they need him to be. So that's what I want to ask you about in the second segment. Uh, you know, some adjustment stuff, and and what do you do with CJ? Where's he been at? But first, I want to tell my listeners about Bet Online. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action, whether that's the NHL playoffs, the NBA playoffs, MLB's regular season, WNBA, UFC, MMA, whatever you're looking for, they got it. So before the next pitch, before the puck drops, before that ball tips, head on over to betonline.ag and get in on this action. With the promo code locked on, you'll get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, that's betonline.ag. Put in that promo code locked on when you're making your first deposit, and you will get a 50% welcome bonus. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Still a pass first point guard. Still Mike Richmond. Still listen to Locked On Blazers. We're still chatting here with Nikias Duncan, a writer for basketballnews.com and the host of the Dunker Spot podcast. We talked about Damian Lloyd's heroics. We talked about the problems defending Nikola Jokic and what, what the Blazers have tried and what they just what their limitations are on that end. But the sort of the the you know six foot three step backing elephant in the room is is CJ McCollum. He has struggled in this series and and Nikias, that's what I want to pick your brain about here in this third segment. What do you make of his series? Like what, what do you, <laughs> it's like, he, look at box score alone. He hasn't been that bad, but if you're watching the minutes, he seems like he's really struggled. Like what's your, what's your perception of, of the way Christian James has played through five games? Like the best that I could say, well, best or worst, depending on your vantage point is that I haven't noticed him in this series. Yeah. And I think that's the bigger, that's the biggest problem. Like, you know what he does as a pull-up shooter. You know kind of what he gives back on the defensive end. And it's just like, it's it's just been quiet. Yep. Like, even going back to, like, Blazers Nuggets either last year or the year before, like, CJ may have the same 20 to 25 points, but when he's making those shots, they're, they're backbreakers. Yep. They're late fourth quarter get you on an island, go into the pull-up with the high-release point, you can't do anything about it, sprinkles in, breaks your back type stuff. It just feels like CJ hasn't – I can't recall. And this is a 3-2 series, so it's not even like Denver's blowing him out or anything. Like, I, I genuinely cannot recall a an important CJ McCollum shot. Yep. Yep. And that's just not who he is in the postseason. Yeah. I mean, he has a track record of being really good in these games. Uh, he had 37 on the road in Game 7 in Denver. Um, mm-hmm. He's – He's, uh, you know, even in the in the game five, uh, the Dame uh, wave bye bye, whatever they call it, the bad shot against OKC. Uh, CJ had thirty, like mm-hmm. quietly, <laughs> you know. Um, he's been really good, and I, um, you know, he's just like again, this is like maybe parsing the box score, and I feel like this is it, it, it's it's better. You your eyes will tell you more in this series watching CJ than the numbers, but I think both of us tend towards the numbers a little bit. CJ's shooting, you know, basically 10% less on, on threes this in the postseason. He's shooting like he's a 35% uh, three point shooter in the postseason on, on fewer attempts. 
Uh, and he got up, you know, close to nine attempts a game and was north of 40 in the regular season. Uh, he just, he hasn't made the big ones. Um, and it was, it really came to light in a, in a bad overtime stretch for him. But um, you're right. I think the best way to, you put it perfectly, like the best way to say it is it's like, you just, you haven't, you haven't remembered a big CJ moments. And I, I think that's the most damning thing because the Blazers, are built that it's Dame and then CJ. And if it's Dame and then no one, you, I mean, Dame is good enough to do what he did in game five a couple <laughs> times, but uh, you saw what, you saw what no one is. Um, He had 17 mm-hmm. in the two overtimes. Everybody else had two total points. You just can't have that. Yeah. Like CJ is there to help carry that mantle. And for him not to do that, like that's partially why Portland is a game away from being eliminated right now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's really, uh, it's, it's a bummer because I think this, like in, uh, for, from sort of my listenership perspective, like this, that game was an all time classic. And then mm-hmm. you, and then you, it's like, you get to the end and it's like, it's sort of locked on Blazers listenership is like, screw this. It's over, blow up the team. <laughs> and it's like, from my perspective, I'm like, damn, that was a fun game. Like I had trouble going to sleep last night. That was so fun. I also had <laughs> trouble going to sleep. And, like, it was extra fun for me because, like, I'm not invested either way. Like, right, I have my right, series right. pick, but, like, it's not going to fit me either way if Portland or Denver wins. It was just great basketball. Yeah. Just an all-time great game that that ended, be, you know, in a real bummer because of a couple late miscues and and because the, and the Blazers don't have a good solution for the big guy. Do, do, is there anything before, um, before we wrap up, is there anything that like tactically that you would, you would like to see the Blazers do differently? Or do you think they've kind of exhausted what they're, what they can do and, um, and are just kind of hoping that it works better in game five or game six rather? Um, defensively. Like I think the big thing is just commit to a style. Sure. And, and I know that, <clears throat> That seems a little bit counterintuitive, especially for a guy like Nikola Jokic. Or, I mean, it's true for any superstar, but especially a guy like Jokic, that if you give Jokic the same read over and over again, he's going to get more comfortable, whatever. But like, it's the postseason, and you know what he's good at. Like, you have right. to li- you have to live with something. So, I think they need to choose that something. If that's sending to to him every post up, and just banking on Austin Rivers not hitting five threes or Monty Moore's not going off or whatever, if that's the bet you want to make. Make that bet and live with it. If it's single coverage, we don't care if Jokic has 60 on 30 of 32 shooting, then that's fine too. Like make your bed, lay in it. You you can't really afford to mix the coverages at this point. Like you need to choose one and live or die with it. Yeah. That that would be it for defense. Offensively, like I would like to see it's it's hilarious to say in regards to Dame, but like higher screens. You want like, to set them at the other foul line? You want to set them like eight? <laughs> Yeah, but just, like there are still a, a decent mix of like the traditional pick and rolls around the three point line. Like, right. don't don't do that with the way that Denver wants to rotate because they're already pulling the help defender over early. They're showing two to the ball, and they can kind of rotate behind that. Extend that to 35, 40 feet. Run the action early. Get into your offense earlier. Then you're forcing Denver into some tough spots and making longer rotations. The ball can ping around, and you can get some cleaner catch and shoot looks. So I think it's kind of that on offense. Like get into that earlier. Um, I made note of it for game five or at the end of game four as Portland won. Like one of the things that stood out to me was that Dame was making a more concerted effort to make those slip passes to Nurkic a little bit earlier. Agreed. And he was really good at that. He accepted the double team right away and said, let's go and like let him make a decision. All right. So like 
more of that, at least early on, just to get Nurk some touches, get the defense rolling, have him thinking. And then you can get into what we saw like in the second half or particularly the fourth quarter of game five to where Dane may get, you know, get to to the ball, but he'll string out that help and yeah. attack the basket that way. And then again, that's just forcing Denver's help defenders to think more like, okay, do we want to rotate like we normally do? Do we need to send extra help to this? What are we doing? You get some kid to shoot opportunities from there. So <clears throat> I think that's kind of where I'm at with them on offense. I mean, it's hard to say Dame needs to do anything differently after what he just did and what he's done throughout the series in general. But yeah, I mean, just, I, th- I think he's averaging like 36 and 10 in this on the, sorry, I oversold him on that. He's averaging 35 and nine and a half uh, with less than two turnovers and shooting uh, 47, 48, 93, um, 67% true shooting. So he's been pretty good. He's been pretty good. So good I don't think he's the guy. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's just it from a scheme front. Like you're just looking at who needs to step up. Like they need CJ. That's yeah. And they need Nurk to play big minutes. Now, Caius, I know that um, over the course of this year, maybe the last 18 months, your platform has really grown a lot um, as people have recognized how smart you are and how um, sort of intelligent you are and how, how simple you make the game to follow. But have you considered saying something mean about Nick, or about Yusuf Nurkic? Could you use your growing platform to say a mean thing in public in order for him to play a little bit better? Uh, I think Nurkic needs to spend the next, what, 36 hours just doing the mic and drill. <laughs> he does listen he does he i if he could make three consecutive left-handed layups it would be a game changer that is that is that is what he needs to do like don't foul but like do the mic and drill just no, nothing but layups don't practice your free throws <laughs> don't practice your mid-range jumpers not your up and unders not your hook shots mic and drill mic and drill mic and drill there you go nurk i hope you're listening um you you channeled your anger at Kendrick Perkins, who said a, a stupid thing. Nikaias kind of said a smart thing, so I don't know if you're going to be able to get as mad, but you can do it, Nurk. I believe in you. You can find a <laughs> villain if you if you really really believe in yourself. You'll be able to find a villain and uh, and channel that for Game Six because the Blazers are gonna are going to need it. Nikaias, thank you so much for uh, for joining us for sharing your thoughts. Um, if people are looking for more of you, they can find you at Basketball News, and I cannot recommend the Dunker Spot enough. Um, if, if, if you'd want to plug it, please do so now. If not, I can, I'm a regular listener. I'll plug it for you. <laughs> I appreciate it. Uh, yes. Check out all my written work at basketballnews.com. Please subscribe to the Dunker Spot podcast. We're on Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, Podbean, wherever you get your podcast. It is X's and O's intensive with a lot of puns sprinkled in, fortunately <laughs> or unfortunately, however you view puns, but we have a good time. We dig into like the intricacies of basketball. Um, so if you enjoy that sort of thing, then please check us out and subscribe and leave a review and a rate and all that good stuff. Yeah, you know, do the things that you do for podcasts you like. And if you listen to The Dunker Spot, you'll like it. Um, if you like this podcast, like if you like, you know, diving a little bit deeper on stuff, uh, Nikaias and Steve go as deep as you can go. And and from a, a really, a, a just a really impressive perspective. So it's um, it's great. Uh, strong A strong recommend from this, this regular listener. Um, do me a favor, dear listeners, tell your friends about this podcast. Um, they can find it wherever they already get podcasts. Just search Locked On Blazers will be there waiting for you. Game six, Thursday, 5 p.m. start in Portland. Quit your job, go to the game, whatever. It doesn't matter. Jobs are temporary. Basketball's forever. Appreciate you listening. Talk to you soon.